Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne and Kyle. Hey there. Kyle, man, you're getting up there in age, brother. You know it. Happy belated birthday, Kyle. Thank yeah, you. I don't feel a day over 60. <laughs> I feel like I'm not matching you guys either, man. I should have wore the New Balance hoodie. Yeah. I mean, wear, wear it while you still can. <laughs> Um uh so yeah, I mean it's um we're in the mix of the World Cup. We are in the midst of the World Cup. Like we're like so it's funny, I was thinking about this yesterday. So last week when we talked, um, so we we recorded last Friday, uh, which was the twenty fifth, right? Um, so last Friday the twenty fifth, we were still um, we had just started the second, the second games that morning. Yeah, and like now Brazil had just played the first game the day before. Yeah, the day before, and now today, by this point, seven days later, we are now finishing up the group stage completely. Crazy. Yeah, I think Wednesday, next Wednesday is the first day there will be no games. Yeah, from the World Cup perspective, which is crazy. which, which I will say, um, disappointing. And, and I'm kind of jumping the gun, but uh, we're. Do you like? I disagree with the fact that the World Cup's twenty-eight days, really twenty-seven, because the the Sunday that started didn't really count. But uh, <laughs> why didn't it count? Well, I mean, it only kind of accounted for Qatar and Ecuador. It didn't really count for anybody else. Um, but uh, there's very little rest in between the group stage games and the round of sixteen games, to the point where there's only like a little bit over forty-eight hours. Um, which doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't make sense. Like not only that, like I, I and this is gonna sound like I'm on a soapbox for Argentina, which I am. Uh, but Argentina would qualified first in their group and they went to sleep at technically Thursday, four AM on Thursday, and they have to play tomorrow at ten o'clock PM when Australia played in the Australia played the 10 a.m. which was uh right they played the early game yeah yeah I think that yeah. Australia that Australia game. Australia Australia ended up playing this I mean the same day but they they played you know six hours earlier yeah yeah it's it's a lot of soccer in a short amount of time um so so Argentina's getting penalized for coming in first place because Poland doesn't play till Sunday. Right. When and I was just watching England the... against no, not England. Uh Poland plays against um who does Poland play against? Uh Poland against plays against France. Yeah. So I don't know. I just don't I mean I think it's I mean obviously someone's gonna have that 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 problem, but you know, it just sucks that it's Argentina, but but yeah, well, it's so just interesting that this is happening at the international stage when this is the first year, like in Division Three athletics, they've been fighting for the last ten years about having a day of even one day of rest that. in between games. Yeah, and this is the first year they're doing it. So the men played yesterday, and then they'll play tomorrow. Yeah, and You'll then they'll play on the opposite schedule. But it's been a ten-year fight at the college level, right? Um, and they're progressing in the right direction. Then you have, you know, at the international, at the largest tournament in the world yeah it's you know less. certainly rest is is playing a factor well that's what i want to i wanted to ask you and i'm glad you're on up for this kyle but i wanted to ask you so at the at the men's level right so or or that let's just not regardless men or women but at the level of when you're now dealing with with 18 to 20 some odd old players right in in a tournament format like this, right, or like an NCAA tournament or something like that, how do you manage not only the game but potentially also looking ahead at what's next? And how do you, how do you manage the rest in between to do all that stuff? And then if you do have a rest time to go, like how do you manage a rest period for? Like, what do you do from a training standpoint? Yeah, so um, you know when I was when I was coaching collegiately, we like many conferences, um, our conference schedule was back-to-back Saturday, Sundays. And we we all agreed 
that it was not um, the right, you know, the right format from a sports science injury prevention health standpoint. But obviously, it's money, right? Um, that that's ultimately what it came down to. So, um, on those weekend matches, um, you know, in the conference, truthfully, you really hope that you get a game in hand on Saturday. Um, you know, and that some of that rest is resting players in your Saturday game. Um, but ultimately so many games are so close that, um, you know, you had to look at the games and what they, what they ultimately meant and and try to manage it that way. Um, but the reality is, um, once you get to the NCAA tournament, if you talk to any college coach and you'll, you'll see this, obviously you guys know I'm a, a massive Syracuse fan. And if you even look at what Syracuse was doing, early and mid season with the number of players they were rotating through versus what they're doing now. Now they play a little different format where they're playing one game a week, but Syracuse is using 13 or 14 guys in any given day. Right. You know, it's, it's tournament time. So it's, it's really hard. Like when it gets to this time of year in a world cup format, you know, the winner go home type things. Um, but there was, there was very little, we had very little opportunity when I was coaching to have like a day of rest in between. Um, there was a couple, we played in a tournament one year where it was a Friday, Sunday tournament. Um, and that was the only time we really were able to even consider what to do in between. And honestly, um, we played European handball in between the two days. Like we got, I, you just have to get out and moving. Right. Um, so I think that's what a lot of coaches, you know, we prescribe to is, even if you're playing back to back, you're getting up, having a good breakfast. We would go for walks, um, you know, just trying to get moving. But from a recovery standpoint, it's very difficult. So that, then it comes down to nutrition, um, you know, getting as much rest as you can. Um, but it, it's difficult. I, I know of one conference in Division Three that um, does not play any back to back games throughout their season. And we've always wondered does that hurt them when they get to the national tournament? Because ultimately they always send two, sometimes three representatives to the NCAA tournament. Um, And until this year and until even the final, you're playing back to back. Right. So you've got some top teams in the country, arguably some of the best teams um, that have never played um, had had to you know deal with that load of of back to back games, so it's it's just interesting. And I've always wondered, you know, how that affects their performance in the NCAA tournament. Now, the reality, one of those teams, University of Chicago, is in the national championship tomorrow, so they've figured out a way. But they've also lost in the semifinals four out of the last five years. Okay, right. So um, they've been right there. Um, but they haven't won it. And then you look at another conference that's just as competitive in the NESCAC who does play back to back and they do very well in the NCAA tournament, you know, and you always wonder if you have, if you could compare those two conferences, the UAA and the NESCAC, you have to ask yourself is the extra success of the NESCAC because they just happen to have better teams or is it somewhat to do with their use to the format of playing back to back games? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I don't think anybody could argue that back-to-back games or games within 48 hours is is not not how the game is supposed to be played. No, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, well, Dimon, do you want to give us a quick update on what's going on in the world of college soccer? Since you're the one that's plugged into it more than we are. <laughs> yeah, so um, we've got both. We've got the um, Division Three tournament is is going on currently. Um, games yesterday. Um, on the men's side, um, the University of Chicago advanced uh, with a late goal um, against Stevens. And it's funny that you brought up the injury thing. I think they said Stevens used eight different defenders in the game. Um, and they had some some injuries going in. And, you know, it's just one of those unfortunate um, scenarios. But, you know, it just goes to show, you know, late season games, some of the stuff you yeah, deal with. Stevens, Stevens. Um... Institute of Technology from Jersey, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So they um they they had advanced uh, to the final four, and then Williams played Mary Washington. Um, and again, it was the late goal. Um, so both ended in regulation. The other change this year with NCA was there was no overtime 
during the regular season. So again, that was a decision made um, based on looking at statistics, the number of games that went into overtime, I believe, and how many of them still resulted in a tie. Those were the things we were talking about, you know, a few years back. Um, So there did seem to be a lot more ties this year. Um, I might not have the exact record, but I believe Williams, when they entered the NCAA tournament, um, was seven, one in 10. (laughs) Wow. They had 10 ties on the year um, and got an at large. And maybe some people question, how can you get into the tournament? But, you know, when I talk to people around soccer, you also have to look at that record and go, but they still only (laughs) had one loss on the year. Right. Right. Soccer is a sport of ties, whether you, you know, want to make a joke about it or not. Soccer ends in ties. And so if you look at the record that way, they had 17 games that they didn't lose. Right. In in one game that they did. I mean, in a in a in probably arguably the toughest conference in the country. So and they've obviously proved their worth by advancing to the national finals. Right. Um, So whether you question their bid at the beginning or not. Um, they're in the national championship, so they're certainly worthy. Um, so the women play today, uh, game at one o'clock and I think four o'clock. Um, I believe Johns Hopkins plays first against Messiah. Um, and I believe they played previously to a draw. Um, and then the other game, I actually watched John Hopkins play uh, this year. I did watch him play this year. I watched him against her sinus. Oh, okay. Um, uh, it was it was it was four or five six nothing or something like that, but uh, they were good. They were really, really good. yeah. So I think I looked today just as I was double checking the games, and um, I want to say they had like sixteen shutouts on yeah, the year. They, yeah, they 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 were really good. Yeah, it's it was it was some on as I was just quickly looking at them. Um, it it was just some insane amount of shutouts on the year. Um, yeah. So, and then the other game, um, Virginia Wesleyan versus Case Western. So, again, Case Western Reserve is another team out of the UAA. Where's that? Um, at? So, very strong on the women's side. Where, where's that? Um, It's out. Oh, goodness. It's out there. Uh, What's it called? Out, um, What's it called again? Case Western Reserve. Uh, I believe it's, I don't think it's in Ohio. It is Ohio. Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. Yep. Um, I knew it was out that way. Cleveland. Okay. Um, so, so three out of the four teams, um, three out of the four teams all coming from like the, this Eastern region. Yeah. Region one, baby. Yeah. It's, soccer. I mean, yeah, it's in that's, you know, that's some Maryland, um, Maryland, Maryland, Virginia, and Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. The region one soccer hotbed. Yep. Um, so those I'm going to try to catch those games as well. Um, and then I think, uh, Sebastian, I mentioned to this to you yesterday, super, super interesting um, conversation during the commentary yesterday. So University of Chicago is coached by a female coach mm-hmm. in her first year. Yep. Um, and so I believe they they had done their research, so I hope this is accurate, but it was the belief that she was the first female coach leading a men's team sport in NCAA history that had ever reached a final four. Um, and it obviously now has reached a final. And then earlier in the year, Julianne when they played Sitch. against NYU, Julian Sitch is the, yes. the yeah, Julian Sitch. Um, and then earlier in the year when they played NYU, that was believed to be the first match between two women coaches. Mm-hmm coaching men's teams um so just really interesting and obviously shows you know the progress of the sport and you know julianne has a you know incredible resume um she had been an assistant coach at chicago twice tons of success coaching tons of success playing she was Um, the assistant coach at the in the chicago red stars for the yes yeah yeah she had their reserves team and an assistant coach so um just really awesome so you know, obviously, you know, you know who my favorite to win it is. And and obviously, um, they also said that from a school standpoint, both they were talking about Stevens yesterday, but both Stevens and um, University of Chicago had ho- only had like one national championship in a team sport. So these are teams that from a soccer standpoint have, have had a lot of success, but really haven't, you know, reached the pinnacle. Yeah. 
Um, so good athletic departments for sure. Um, but these aren't powerhouse programs that are, you know, in it every year and winning it or, you know, winning multiple things. So ultimately somebody on Saturday is is gonna make be making their school really proud on the on the men's side. Really good. Good stuff. Yeah. And then of course Syracuse plays tomorrow. Elite eight. It'll be their last home game if they can advance. Um, you know, they've had a good run of it. Um, but that goes back, you know, as I've watched them all season, the big thing I've noticed is, um, you know, just as they progress through the season, they've kind of, it's interesting. They figured out who's, you know, the best fit for each position and they're kind of relying on those guys, but it's, you know, I think it's a testament to just, just believing in the process. There's players that are starting for them now and having massive impacts in this late run that were not starters at the beginning of the year. Um, so I think that's just something that, you know, as a young player, you can you can look at um, they that just um, I mean, they had a, a starter um, in their last game that I believe started the majority of their matches last year um, and then had been a guy that was coming off the bench this year for the majority of the season, still contributing and then got the start again um, last week. Um, and they've been without their center back. Um, one of their center backs who had basically, I think, started every game and played just about every minute for him. You know, they'd been without him for the last three games. So um, it's just cool to kind of see, um, you know, how teams make their way through the late in the season. Um, you got Syracuse alumni playing in the World Cup. Yeah, we had, uh, yeah, it should have been three. Um, but, you know, you had Tajon Buchanan and Kamal Miller both playing for Canada. Um, you know, Canada didn't have the tournament they were probably hoping for, but, you know, both performed really well. I was watching the broadcast of the Canada game and, uh, you know, Tajan got really high, um, praise, you know, for the tournament he had. Um, and then obviously, uh, Miles Robinson missed out on the, the cup due to injury, but certainly he was another guy that, um, you know, was vying for a spot on the U S side. So all good upstate stuff. <laughs> um and then quickly division two is also happening their finals are this weekend as well um for division two men's and women's soccer um and i just looked at the those brackets there and on the women's side westchester uh local i did see that they were still still yeah. in it last week so, yeah so what westchester's actually in the final in the championship in the national championship game um and they're going to be playing against western washington okay well, talk about battle of the host (laughs) (laughs) um westchester women's soccer which i believe if i'm not mistaken um has a former uh delaware union player um yep jenna fox is currently currently playing at westchester university um and soon to be playing for a national championship Soon to be playing for a national championship. Not only that, um, she's also started and played every single game of the season. Wow. As a freshman. So uh, um good start to the college career. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Well, you uh, could say that she's always won the national championship. Shout out, shout out to uh the Polytech Panthers. <laughs> oh no, not Polytech Panthers. She's a Polytech alumni. Look at that. Head up in conference representing. Now, so- now we're just shout- gra- now we're just reaching. Shout out to Soccer Man. Shout out to Soccer Dan. Soccer Dan, part of, <laughs> Soccer Dan is part of the national championship at the Division Two Women's Soccer. Level. Soccer Dan is part of every division championship. He's so he knows player. somebody or has coached somebody <laughs> that's made it somewhere <laughs> that used to be there and knows knows Soccer Dan somehow. Um. So yeah. So shout out to Jennifer. Is it Soccer Dan or is it Chad? Uh, I, I mean both. Both coach. Both she both coached her. You know, Chad's a he's a Westchester guy, man. They they both yeah they he both believes the per what is it purple and like gold yellow gold yeah <laughs> bronze <laughs> golden golden rams right in the golden yeah. rams a, a purplish it, golden ram yeah so um so yeah so he, he you know congratulations it. to Westchester there um for making the final against Western Washington um and on the we got any side, players at Western Washington. Don't have a new player to watch. <laughs> uh, and then in the men's in the men's uh, final, uh, Franklin Pierce uh, is going to be playing against CSU Pueblo, California State University Pueblo, or Colorado. Uh, I think it's Colorado, isn't it? 
I don't know. I, I mean, I would I would say it's probably isn't it Colorado? Yeah, Colorado, yeah, Colorado State University. Yeah, I was going to say it's, it's Colorado. It's Colorado. That's what I thought. Yeah, middle of nowhere, Colorado. There you go. Um, no, nah, I mean it's not in the middle of nowhere. Um, but it kind of is. <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> uh, Pueblo is just south of Colorado Springs, uh, so kind of in the middle of nowhere. All right, but they probably got a CSU Colorado Springs too. They do. They I've do. been there. Um, isn't that where the Olympic develop like the uh, no the um, the Olympic development? It's right near. Yeah. So when I did the trip out that I think I talked to you about, so I did a trip out, did Air Force Academy, the um, Olympic Development Training Center. And then uh, we did uh, University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. Um, really, really, really cool campus. Yeah. Um, they have a bike shop and all freshmen are given a mountain bike if they want. And then they teach you how to fix it. And then you can just ride your mountain bike around campus. Just teach you how and to a fix rock it. We ain't fixing it for you. No, they'll, they'll teach it. you. They have a whole bike shop right on campus, and then they have a rock climbing wall in the middle of their student activity center. They um, might go back. And then the that. last thing, because there's nothing flat in Colorado, they have their turf intramural field in space on top of a parking garage, which I thought was brilliant. So yeah, they have a parking smart. garage for the students because there's very limited parking because of the elevation changes. And then we went up to the top in their. Um, Department of Recreation has a turf field on the top of the garage. That's how St. Leo is in Florida. Yeah, it's just it's really uh, cool. Also, by the way, uh, giving you live updates of the World Cup as we're watching Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea against Portugal. Potential VAR uh, review for uh, a PK in favor of Uruguay here. Um, which, by the yeah, that'll be a PK. If the first one that'll won, be a PK. No, <laughs> the first one was a PK. The second one is definitely a PK. I mean, the guy touches this this guy's knee first, uh, Darwin Nunez, which, by the way, the guy's a monster. Um, all right, so let's talk about the World Cup. Yeah, my bracket was fire. Your bracket <laughs> is trash. My bracket for Group A. Your bracket, me, your bracket is Basuda. A and B was fire. Called it. He didn't call anything. No way. A and B? Absolutely. No, you didn't. You called Argentina not making it out of the group stage. and They're in C. Oh, they're in C. My bad. Oh. Uh, um. All right. So they called it? Yeah, they called it PK? No. No. No PK. No PK. No PK. <laughs> oh, good. All right. No soup for you then. By the way, I I'm can't mad. figure this. I, VA I, out, I, I've met that guy before. Nunez? No, the the no soup for you guy from Seinfeld. Oh, <laughs> kind of a jerk. Um, I no, uh, the brackets are trash though. Um, I mean, I listen. I called. I called Group A. Group A. I got it right. Netherlands, Senegal, going first, second. Yeah, that was an easy one. <laughs> and then I had England, USA. All right, I had mine flipped. Um, you know, I had the third one somewhat there. You know, I had I had Argentina, Poland. But then I had Mexico, Saudi Arabia. That, that you know that was that was flip flopped. Well, uh, if it if it matters, I had Mexico. I had Mexico and Argentina both with four points. Okay, I had it just, it just happened that the Mexicans did not score goals. Yeah. Um. The, the in the in the in the in the one that nobody had. Uh. Uh. Nobody had. Uh. Denmark. I had Denmark, France. You had Denmark, France, right? Yeah. Where did you have Australia? Third or fourth? I had Australia third, but only because they were they were tied Tunisia, which that did not happen. Yeah, that, they, yeah, it was gold diff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I had Spain, Japan. Not I had Japan, Germany, Spain. Spain. I, I I had I had I will say it. I had Germany getting out. I had listen. I had Germany tying Japan, which they didn't. I had Germany tying all three games, and then not advancing. Waiting. And not advancing. I had Germany sign Costa Rica. I wasn't far off, um, but I did have I did have Spain and Japan going through, which that ruins my bracket considering that those were flip flopped. Uh, this one is the one I had Spain. Listen, I had Spain sign Costa Rica one one. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one that really messed me up. I have nothing for Group F. Group F. No, Group F is screwed. <laughs> it's screwed. 
I had Morocco and Croatia getting eliminated. Uh, and ultimately, they both got in, and Belgium and Canada did not. Um, I had Canada score some goals, man. I don't think, how many goals did they score? Two? <laughs> uh yeah you yeah you had yeah canada did not score as many goals as you expected them to um and then for the one that's currently happening right now i had uruguay i have uruguay south korea going through ghana and portugal getting eliminated which obviously i got wrong because portugal's going through um anything can still happen portugal's still gonna go through portugal's going through or I had Portugal only getting one point in the group i had portugal getting two and i had uruguay getting two and i had south korea and ghana yeah so um, so we'll see. I'll I'll update I'll update through. So Kyle, I don't think you were you weren't on last week. So for the first 16 games, so the first round of the games, I went 11 for 16 on results, like who won and who lost or who tied. That's that's very impressive. And out of the 16, I had two of them that I absolutely hit 100% like guess the exact result. But I went 11 for 16. How much money do you have on the line? Nothing cuz I don't I'm not a gambling man. Yeah, me either. Should have stopped at Delaware Park. I would like to say I was not part of your I was not part of your guys' pool here, but I was part of a a a wild card drawing one. And I (laughs) wish you got Qatar. And I did get Qatar. And I'm proud to say that they performed the worst in the World Cup. So I got my 20 bucks back. Oh, you did? (laughs) Oh, nice. Good for you. Yep. Which I'll be donating back to the cause. But either way. If you're not going to win, you might as well. You should take that twenty bucks and turn it into four hundred, man. Yeah, well, park. So what, not only what, betting Morocco winning the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> not only did Qatar go out, but they couldn't even buy themselves a result. So I feel like <laughs> they that couldn't is, buy themselves a goal. Yeah, I, I feel like that is certainly the worst performance. Um, so I, I think probably, it's probably the worst performance. I mean, it's definitely by far the world the war the worst performance by a host nation. A host. Yep. Yeah, it's been. I was absolutely. Uh, they will never return to the World Cup or host another World Cup. Yeah, depends on who, who well, makes the FIFA. Well, right. Uh, they might host one. I don't know if they'll return. I don't think they'll ever show back up to Qatar. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know that Qatar will ever be able to qualify on their own accord into a World Cup. Not the way they played. Breaking news. The Netherlands team all have the flu. What? The 26 players on the Netherlands team all have the flu. They did train today. But they got the flu. No, I think that's misinformation. They're playing games. They're playing games. Chemical warfare going on here. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) Sneaky, sneaky. Sergio, Sergio spiked the food. Yeah, Sergio, Sergio went over and said hello to some of his friends and (laughs) Sergio, Sergio, his people. Uh, yeah. Um. All right, so um, obviously the the most thrilling. I think it's here's the cool thing about it. So far, the World Cup has been there's been some upsets, there's been some, some fun games and things like that. But it hit a weird lull in like the middle, where like it was kind of getting a little boring. Um, I will say that probably the most boring, um, like third matches or even second matches was group a group a was pretty a, a pretty boring group i would say um with with ecuador sides. with netherlands senegal and, and ecuador and yeah Qatar. it was a pretty boring group um everything else was great i think england i mean again even the england group england usa iran and wales um iran made that group interesting they did but i don't know that they made it like super exciting they they made it interesting I mean, they, they won one game but yeah. I don't know that like it, going into the last game, it wasn't anything like crazy, right? Like, I mean, yeah, it was crazy. Why took the, took the U.S. one goal to get through? Yeah, but yeah, but it did. But at the same time, like, I don't think it was like I think everything else up to that after that was absolutely like was was like edge of your seat. Like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Yeah, that was a pretty straightforward. Yeah, I mean Argentina Poland probably the most boring game of the the third of the third group so far. Uh after Argentina scored the two goals, the game was over and it was a snooze fest. Uh Poland did not want to play. Poland didn't want to score, Poland didn't want to do anything because they also knew that two more yellow cards would have meant that potentially they would have been out. So they kept themselves like literally just hanging out. 
Like they just hung out. They're like, well, we know Mexico ain't going to score more goals. So it doesn't really matter. Um, so as long as they didn't concede a goal, they were kind of in. Uh, Mexico, Saudi Arabia was good in the sense that, you know, there was some good goals. Uh, one of the fir- one of the few free kick goals up to that day, we had we had not had any free kick goals. And in the span of uh, two days, we had two goals. Uh, Mexico had one, and then Marcus Rashford had one the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I don't know. I, I listened to Hercules Gomez and Sebastian Salazar from ESPN, and they they were going on, especially Hercules Gomez, who I, sometimes I like and sometimes I think he's a prick. He's uh, not worse than Alexi Lalas. He's not, but. <laughs> Um, but he went on this whole rant about how Tata Martino is the worst coach in Mexico's history because of this and because of that. And I'm just like, I'm looking at it. And I'm like, you are the, from a qualifying perspective, you're the second, you ended up as the second best CONCACAF team in the World Cup. Right. As Mexico, right? USA was number one because they went through. You came in third in your group everybody else came in last so yeah i mean they they and they're they're one of those teams that are stuck in between the old and the new too right like you still got ochoa you still got some guys that have been around for the old but they haven't fully integrated like with the new squad so i will also say that i will also say that this idea that like um this idea that coaches have the ability or that coaches put restrictions on players on scoring goals or this and that is nonsense. Like at the end of the day is a game, right? Like everyone wants to win. No one wants to sit there and lose. Um, yeah, you can play more conservative, play five in the back, four in the back, whatever you want to call it. But the reality is, is if you have a style of play that tells you to, you know, yeah, could there be coaching mistakes as far as like who you put in and what you want to get out of things? Sure. Um, but at a certain point, players also have the ability to like make their own decisions, right? You're not robots. So Tata Martino is getting criticized when not a single Mexican player is getting criticized. Um, and I, I think that's wrong. Like, I think you have a coach that that isn't wasn't going to be a complete, like, nationalist and be like, oh, Mexico all the way. The Mexican League is the best league in the world and this and that. No, he flat out criticized the fact that, like, yeah, it'd be great if Mexico exported players. It makes the <laughs> soccer better. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, yeah, Mexico's Tata Martino had to buy his own ticket to go home. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't know. I, I think it's disappointing that that a guy that that works really hard gets treated that way. Uh, they also I mean, he also when they got hired, he just, had just won the MLS with Atlanta United, right? He was an expansion side. Yep. So basically, he was on top of the world. He could do he could basically create something out of nothing. And I think that's what their expectation was like. Hey, we don't have a strong, you know, group. Can you do the same thing you did with Atlanta United? Create something out of what we give you. Yeah, but the reality is, as you saw with Ecuador, right? Everyone, everyone after the first two games was like, "Oh my God, Ecuador is actually like a pretty good team. Like they're they're going to be the, like the you know they got three or four players that are good. You got you know you got some young talent, this and that, and you're like, yeah, that's great, but it doesn't put you over the edge. Like yeah, you got to like the World Cup, like. You see with Belgium, like they've got star power, but you got to grind it out. You got to be able to, got to be able to work. And I th- also think there has to be some, and this is the difference. You got to put your body on the line to score goals. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm more in tune with the Argentina national team because I kind of breathe it twenty four seven throughout the World Cup. Um, so I'm more in tune as to like the internal like dynamics of it as well. Um, and one thing that I think is difficult is when. Not all the pieces. So to me, when you look at a national team, there's three parts to there's three parts to a national team. You have the players, you have the coaches, and you have the media and the press, right? And maybe in the U from a USA perspective, it's not as hostile from a media perspective. Maybe sometimes it is, maybe sometimes it isn't. Mostly because in this country, you soccer is not covered as big as it is in other countries. But you have to have all if all if all those three things match up. If all those three things are in tune with each other and going in the same direction, then it's a very positive experience that gets created and it leaves very little to doubt. 
right? It does become strictly about the soccer. It does become strictly about the players performing. Mexico was not in tune from a media perspective, right? Clearly, the media hated Tata Martino and didn't want him there. Um, The players backed him up, and he backed up the players. But at the same time, I listened to one of the press conferences this reporter flat out said it's no it's no longer time for you to make excuses it's no longer time for you to like it's time for you to show results and it's, i'm like how like what's the response to that show results but like but, win a game. but yeah but but how do you respond to, like what like are you accusing me of not wanting to win at that point got yeah, pretty hated i mean i think i think like that's like that do you come in to tell me listen man i want to win more games like yeah, duh. We all want to win more games. We all want to win more tournaments. We all want to do everything else. Like no one, I've said this before, and I've said this to parents, and I think this is a huge problem at the youth level. There's not a single person that coaches soccer, I hope, that steps into a game going, oh man, what a great day to lose a game today. <laughs> like, and, and I've been in situations where potentially in my head, or or realistically, I knew I was going into a game that it was going to be probably 99% chance that I was not going to win. It doesn't mean I had coached it any less. It doesn't less mean it, I yeah. didn't. The moment the whistle blew and it was 0-0, I was in. Because in that moment, we're tied. In that moment, you're not beating me. I'm not losing. Right? Yeah. Like, I can't start the game down one nothing, Right? So, it's... it's I it, think it's, that... I mean, I think that the... It kind of sounds like the USA basketball redeemed team, right? Where it's, you you know what you have, you know what the expectation is, you know you're supposed to go, you know, Mexico's always supposed to go at least to the round of 16, get out of the group and go further. But it's, did they give, did they give their national team the best opportunity to do so? Did they bring in the best players? They're obviously going to say yes, but obviously they missed somewhere, right? Like they, they didn't bring in a player, um, or players that could really benefit the team. I don't know the politics behind it, but it seems like it seems like there was something missing. And I don't know that it was the coach, right? I think there's something missing yeah. from. But I mean, but who like there's not like, there's only like three or four Mexican players playing outside of Mexico or the U.S. Right. But that could right. be your downfall, right? Well, that's my point, right? And that's what he criticized, and then he got then he the union got reprimanded for that part of it, right? So then you look at a Belgium, right? Who was another but, failure from a World Cup standpoint, right? So is Carlos Vela retired from the Mexican national team? Is Carlos Vela going to be your answer? Was Gareth, was Gareth Bale the answer? It sure was. To a team that also didn't qualify. To us. <laughs> he gave him hope, though. He He drew a foul. You have you have you have Irvin Lozano who's supposed to give you hope. You have Andres Guardado who's supposed to give you hope. You have Memo Ochoa who's supposed to give you give you hope. Like, I don't know, man. I I think, like I I think the expectation of Mexico, like I just don't think that generation of of players is as good as they they think they are. Like that's what it comes down to, right? You look at the dynamic midfield of, um, Yunus Musa, Tyler Adams, and Weston McKinney. <clears throat> Who might be three of the most dynamic midfielders, maybe in the World Cup, as far as like their ability to rotate into th- three different positions. All three of them can play all three positions in the middle of the field. Um, not a lot of teams have that. Maybe I mean Spain doesn't have that. No, Busquets ain't moving like moving like that. Spain, Spain doesn't have that. Maybe Croatia has that a little bit. Brazil, Brazil has that maybe. But you look at that and you're like, well. Mexico doesn't have the players to do that. So it's a, it's a talent thing. Like it's, you just don't have the players. Like you have the players to get to the World Cup and you have the players to beat Saudi Arabia. But realistically in a group where you played Poland and you just didn't, you couldn't score. Maybe you just got a problem scoring. Maybe you don't have a forward. Okay, fair enough. Carlos Vela. <laughs> yeah, but- hey, you scored two goals in three games and two of them came against Saudi Arabia. You can't say he may have, it may have gotten an opportunity against Poland, may have gotten an opportunity against Argentina. We just never know. But is he better than Henry Martin? I would say yes. At this point, yes. I mean, the problem you also probably have is that the guy from, from Wolves was Jimenez, right? Raul Jimenez? Yeah. 
He's just not fit. Next man up. Miles Mike. Robinson wasn't fit. We picked up Tim Ring. <laughs> oh, God, Tim Ring. But, uh, <laughs> not fit. He was injured. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't have a knee. Uh, yeah, not fit. <laughs> um, probably more fit right now than you in uh, rehab. Yeah, right. Uh, I'll go take a spot in Atlanta right now. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think, I, I think if we look at it from a Belgium standpoint, right? If we look at this this three leg piece, um, clearly internally, there's there was a rumor that set up that like apparently Kevin De Bruyne and Courtois haven't talked to each other in like four years. No, here's Belgium's problem. It's very simple. Lukaku sucks. No, he does not. <laughs> Lukaku single-handedly, they probably would have elected him president of Belgium or whatever of Belgium had he scored one of those three opportunities yesterday. The one he you're, the you're one he could have walked you're, in. You're talking about a guy that that pulled his hamstring like three weeks ago. Sebastian, you're telling me you couldn't have scored that goal. I mean, maybe I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't have hit the post. I wouldn't have hit the post. He that opportunity he creates himself. Yo, he is so big. He could have walked it in, and he tried to walk it in and didn't use his size to walk it in. Fair enough. I'll give you that. But could have saved the nation. Yeah, but you also don't have to give up goals that you gave up. Oh, you got the, you had the best goalkeeper in the tournament, and you also playing three in the back against teams that are faster than you. Well, that's the other problem, right? You're playing with three center backs that are slow. <laughs> and, and realistically, their combination of age might be 95 years old to 100. I am, I'm just disappointed Canada didn't exploit that because they could have been running. But realistically, because you lost to Morocco, that's the only reason why you're not through. Well, yep. don't lose games. Take, no. a, take, a, note of the, take a note out of the U.S. book. Don't lose games. Fair, fair, but again, I don't, I don't think Vertonghen, Vertonghen can't be your answer. Um, uh, Kobe out, Alderweireld. <laughs> yeah, thirty-three years old, also. You know, Vertonghen's thirty-five. Uh, Munier, thirty-one. They'll be around next. They'll be around in twenty twenty-six. <laughs> and Castagne, uh, is the the youngest one with thirty or uh, twenty-six years old. I mean, luckily you had Vitzel there. Who's the guy that looked like Vitzel? Um, the tall guy that used to play. He was in the last World Cup for Belgium. Um, also with the Afro. Um, used to play for Manchester United. Pilani. What was his name? Pilani. Pilani, yeah. He sucked. He was he was Vitzel before Vitzel. No, Vitzel was Vitzel. Pilani was Pilani because Pilani was garbage. <laughs> I will say I am I was very happy to see Jeremy Doku. He was Jeremy Doku is is the future. Belgium is that 25? Uh 20 something. Yeah, he was uh he's 25, yeah, 25. Yeah, he was out there Dyson yesterday. Yeah, he was he was good. He was real good. He set up the, he set up that shot for Lukaku, didn't he? He, he said was, all you got to do is kick it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um he was really do good. something with it. Punch um, it. And then in the thriller, thriller, like what a what an absolute and doing you sent me the the changes of the potential like of the <laughs> groups uh in that 10 15 minute period of, of Belgium of um Japan, uh, yeah. Spain, Costa Rica, and Germany. Yeah. Um what a thrilling uh two games there all at the same time. Yeah. Somebody somebody schedule school pickup during the World Cup. <laughs> Terrible idea. You know, I would have signed my kids out early. <laughs> Made them stay late. Yeah, well, Quentin Quinn conveniently took school off on Wednesday, so that helps. That's, that's how they call it, cops on you, man. You got to sign them out early. <laughs> doctors, doctors appointment, yeah. <laughs> COVID. Um, there you go, but, COVID. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so Japan, Spain, Germany, Costa Rica, um, Germany, back to back World Cups, leaving in the group stage. Yeah, and, and that in between germination, in between, like group, right? You got Muller, you got Neuer, you got. I mean, Rudiger is probably younger. He's probably got another one in him. It's what twenty eight. Yeah, I was gonna say Rudiger is probably on the younger side, but like, hand the keys to Ter Stegen. Muller, Rudiger's out of bounce. 
Huh? Rudiger's twenty nine. Yeah, he's got another. He's got another. He's still moving pretty. He's playing left back for Real Madrid. He's taking thirty years old. It's not like he's like you know twenty two. All right, we'll hand the keys over to Kevin Trapp. How old's Kevin Trapp? Probably 40, 35, like 32. <laughs> Should have handed the keys over to Trish Stegen, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I, you they know. I got to hand the keys over to uh, Jamal. Yo, Jamal is a hooper. Yo, Jamal, when they took him off, I think the first game, they lost that game. That kid could play. And that kid could have played for, for England, too. Well, England also has enough players to start their own. They could separate. He was he was raised in England from age seven. His mom, his mom is German. His father's Nigerian. Yeah, so he could play for Nigeria. Well, good thing he didn't play for Nigeria. Yeah, yeah good thing he wouldn't have made the World Cup. But um, yeah, he actually the- played. He actually only committed to to uh, to Germany a year ago. He was actually he actually played for the for the under twenty one England national team. Yeah, well, England should separate their country again. North England and South England. So you can get some <laughs> more guys on the field. Like, it's ridiculous. You're bringing Foden, Rashford off the bench. Jordan Henderson. I mean, Jordan Henderson sucks, but he's coming off the bench. Well, no, they started the other day. Well, yeah, because they resting guys. Jack Grealish is coming off the bench. Jack Grealish, yeah. that's the other one. Yep. Coming <laughs> Jack Grealish, when you got Jack Grealish coming off the bench, uh, is uh, there's there's you got you got low depth there. All they got to do is rent a keeper. <laughs> well, you don't like you don't like uh, Jordan Pickford. No, I'm talking about South England or North England. Oh, oh, he's got to find a number two. Well, they got Nick Pope, but Nick Pope, rent, man, Nick Pope's good. Rent a keeper. Nick Pope's on my England on my fantasy team. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, and and not only that, like, so on the bench, on the left on the bench against Wales, let's just go through the so Calvin Phillips got in, uh, Kieran Trippier got in, Eric Dyer on the bench, Bukayo Saka didn't play, uh, Mason Mount didn't play, and then James Madison didn't play. Did Trent Connor Adams, Gallagher play, huh? Connor Gallagher, he did not. Now that's another baller that's like could benefit from playing from another nation. He balled <laughs> out for Crystal Palace last year on the um yeah. Um and then and you ended up like finally Trent the fact that Trent Alexander Arnold did doesn't did like this is the first time he was in. Again, North England, South England. Like how <laughs> like you got you got such a oh no. Oh, South Korea just scored a goal. Yep. Does this change everything again? It does. Does this mean you're wise out? I think that puts Ghana through, right? No. Or does that put Korea through? Put South Korea through. Maybe, or maybe they're tied now. I got this. Yeah, they would be. They would be tied. And their South Korea needs to win. But no, but. They but, need a win versus Portugal, and they need Uruguay to win with tiebreakers. It'll show in just a minute. South but, Korea is in. Hold on, but they're they're on what kind of t- they they got to go to? It just it, it just says they need a win, and then with tiebreakers. So now well, we Fox see. Sports has the God Fox Sports has the God Soccer tiebreakers already set up. What group is this? H. Uh, H. Oh, it's at the top. No kidding. Portugal's in. South Korea is in. Based on what tiebreak? I don't know. North went four. Probably the, they scored four goals, and Uruguay scored two. So it's so it's the, it, so Uruguay needs to score what two more goals? Yeah, Luis, well, if they score Luis one. Suarez, they're in on goals. They, they, they just they just uh, they just showed Luis Suarez. Luis Suarez is crying on the bench, man. Because well, if Uruguay out. scores a goal. Their goal def goes up to plus one. Yeah, so Uruguay needs at least one more goal. And they got Luis Suarez on the bench. Yeah. Shame. Yeah, because yeah, they got they got to get well, the goal they, 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 they made goal all the subs. Score. They just made all the subs thinking that it wasn't gonna that not much was gonna change. So Darwin Nunez is out. Came out. 
Their Ascaeta came out. Luis Suarez came out. Yeah, they got Cavani in. Okay. <laughs> All right. Please tell me what Cavani does on the field because I yeah. have yet to see in my all my years of living, I have yet to see anything that impresses me from Edison Cavani. Well, he's about to score a goal. You'll see. Wow, that's a foul. Um, jeez, that's a big foul. Um, <laughs> you don't, you don't, you don't like Cavani, man. Dude, I can't stand. I don't I know, love I Cavani. understand the hype. Cavani, Cavani, about to go to Boca Juniors, man. It's fun. But the score goals, get buckets. Um, that's crazy that South Korea is going to get in, and um, South Korea from from last to last to second. Um, all right, so um, um, want to also talk about uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, who is currently playing, or is he on the bench? No, he's still playing. Is he still in there? Yeah, he's still in there. Um, is there anything going on with him? So that's what I want to ask. That's what I want to talk about. So reportedly, this guy is going to potentially sign a uh for a two-year deal. Two-year deal. 30 months. To play for Al Nasser FC uh in 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 Saudi Arabia. Um who do you think is gonna buy the broadcasting rights? Who has them now? Does anybody have them? <laughs> Bean Sports? Bean Sports? No, no Bean Sports. Uh, Saudi Arabian <laughs> League is televised. Uh, coached by Rudy Garcia. Um, guess who the goalkeeper is for Al Nasser? Uh, oh, wait. Dwayne, Dwayne's like on some technical difficulties. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's glitching. There he is. Oh, uh, I gotta go get a haircut. Oh. Dwayne, guess who the goalkeeper is for uh for Al Nasser? Um, probably somebody that's like very old. David Ospina. Again, somebody that's very old. <laughs> How old um, is David Ospina? Thirty-six. Um, you got two Brazilians on the team. Um, and then you got Vincent Abubakar. <sighs> um, I almost just proved my point. What Vincent Abubakar is a beast. No, the Cavani just almost scored the goal they needed. And then Cavani uh, is cut from the same cloth as Lukaku. Um, and then do you remember? Do you remember PT Martinez that used to play for uh, little little guy for Atlanta United? Yeah, he's there. Yeah, he's there. He got uh, paid to go over there, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, so potentially two hundred and seven million dollars a year that Cristiano Ronaldo would 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 get to play in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I think it comes out to like seventeen million a month. Does he? Does this guy really need? Like, I mean, I guess everybody could use more money. I, I guess. Uh, Dude, would you turn that offer down even if you had money? I, I mean, do you like? Do you? Uh, I mean, it's like asking. It's like I mean, I don't know, man. I would well, say the question that the the question I got posed. Question that got posed yesterday was with the with the you know you us us common folk yeah two hundred million dollars you take it in a second but. For him, at the end of your career, do you move your family to Saudi Arabia? Nah, man, Georgina for money for money that you don't need, or do you just go chill in Miami, right? <laughs> South Beach. He's trying to raise some. He's trying to use this money to buy his MLS team. Oh, he's gonna buy I mean, an MLS team. He's gonna do the David Beckham deal. I bet you him and Messi become owners. Yeah, you know who's not getting in that in that Lewandowski and getting invited to that. Lewandowski got the cold shoulder, man. Yeah, he did. Lewandowski out here getting buckets. Lewandowski is a band man. He like pull and play with ten the other day. Yeah. Um. Yeah, right, well, no, Dwayne, I mean, that's a whole lot of money. I know it's hard to turn down, but that's I mean, a lot of money. When you start an MLS guys next to a guy like Lewandowski, that's a shame. <laughs> um, like, he should not be anywhere near MLS. Like you got to surround him with some better quality. Um. Did right. Messi play with any MLS guys? Yeah, Tiago Almada played. Uh, he's good now. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, now you're okay with it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Zelensky, Zelensky or whatever, dude. That guy sucks. He played for Charlotte. Um, all right. So um, all right, so the Portugal South Korea game is done. Um all right, so um before you before we leave, um Uruguay's got a score, right? I mean that's yeah. that's 
Uh, but before we before we end the podcast, I know Dwayne's got to go. All right, player of the match, Dwayne. Player of the match goes to me for my shutout performance last night um, against the OA <laughs> girls. Um, did not give up any goals. Um, I think I went 20 for 20 on passes out of the back. Distribution was good. Balls were going to midfield off the throw. Made a couple key saves to keep the team in it. So, uh, player of the match goes to me. All right. Uh, I'm on my Zlatan today. Kyle, you got a you got a player of the match. Is it Dwayne? It is not Dwayne because he delayed the game as much as he could to hold on to the victory. Hmm. Couldn't get the ball back and play to save his life. Everybody's freezing as the clown is holding the ball for thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my no, my player of the match. I already mentioned it earlier. You stole my thunder. Was uh, Julian Sitch heading to the national championship with University of Chicago? First to do it. Um, so you, how can you not go with flyer of the match there? Nice. Right. And obviously best of luck to her tomorrow. That's on my viewing schedule. Um, a lot of good soccer, a lot of good soccer. Tomorrow's a crazy day it's tomorrow. on you got everything going on. We've got obviously the men's game. Then I got to hit up the Chicago game. Syracuse plays tomorrow. We've got all divisions, all, uh, all types of soccer. This is um, why I have the setup in my girls' playroom that I have. <laughs> yeah, I'll be. I'm out there with the outlaws tomorrow. Uh, Should you yeah. got some picks? I'll let uh, you know. Man's doing it right. Um, Anybody ever been to the outlaws? No. Nope. I'm, all right. Well, I'll let you guys know how it is if it gets too crazy in there. Um, my fair play of the week goes, or my player of the match goes to Stephanie for part uh, for being the uh, first uh, woman referee to referee a World Cup Men, men's World sure. Cup. Germany, Costa Rica, right? Germany, Costa Rica. Yeah, actually, entire, entire, uh, three. Crew. Yeah, entire crew. Yeah. So, was it three or four? Three. I think the fourth official was a man. Had to keep the testosterone down on the sidelines. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it was. It was three. The fourth. The fourth was a man. Um, but um, yeah. Um, all right. On this day in history, uh, December second, nineteen oh seven. Going back, going back a long time ago, uh, even before Kyle was born. Uh, <laughs> One day after. <laughs> uh, December 2nd, 1907. The Players Union, officially the Association of Football Players and Trainers Union, was founded uh, in 1907, meeting in Manchester's Imperial Hotel. Um, so they wanted to increase... The the main issue, the reason why it was formed is they wanted to increase the maximum wage uh per week for players to four pounds. Oh dang. Isn't that what Ronaldo's getting? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Four pounds a second. <laughs> four pounds uh, of four pounds of cash on his table. Yeah. So now now it's uh now it's called uh the professional forces football footballers association, uh, which is the oldest professional sport trade union in the world. Did they um? Did they have to like telegraph everybody to get there? Everybody got the message. Everybody got that pigeon. <laughs> got that pigeon. <laughs> everybody, everybody got the 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 England and their, and their finest Tesla to get out there. Electric yeah. cars. Yeah. Um. Also, by the way, December second, two thousand and ten. Uh, we'll do a little double one because it makes it makes sense. Um. Uh. Um, U.S. beat Russia, Spain. No, Russia, Russia, and Qatar. Russia, and Qatar, of. get the bid for the World Cups 2018, 2022. We don't speak of the 2018 country <laughs> on this day in history. Yeah, they, they ironic. They host the World Cup and then exiled from the every Cup. sport. Yeah, exiled wow. from every sport. Um, the, by the way, the South Korea team is now currently watching on a phone. They're watching the Portugal game <laughs> or the uh, the Uruguay game. Um, on right. a phone? Come on, we can't get these guys an iPad. On, no on, fair play? On a fair play? Yeah, we're talking about the fair play of the week. Yeah. What do you got, Sebastian? All right, my fair play of the week goes out to Canelo. Alvarez? Yeah, man, the boxer. I yeah. was about to say. That's what I thought. Uh, I, I yeah. thought you meant so, Joao so, Cancelo. No, 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 no. Canelo, Canelo finally got his mind right because uh, he tried to he tried to pick a fight with Messi, 
and the world came down on him <laughs> because he thought Messi was disrespecting the Mexican uh, jersey because the jersey was on the floor on a video when he was celebrating. And uh, my boy Aguero called him up and said, Senor Canelo, please uh, call him Senor because uh, he's also scared of him. Uh, <laughs> Mister, please don't don't mess with Messi. Uh, he's like, man, if you ever been in, uh, they're literally watching it on a phone, man. They're on that Peacock app. <laughs> <laughs> they got that. Same you think it's one of, I bet you. I bet you it's Kim's phone. It is. It is. It is the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper Kim has uh, has his phone app. You sure, it's the goalkeeper. Are you sure it's one of the nine defenders last name Kim. Um, but yeah. So um. <laughs> So I never got to watch South Korea play because, um, but I want to know how they differentiate between the Kimps. When they probably got first names, man. <laughs> you think they all got different first names? They do. They're not all the same yeah, person. It's kind of a common thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, the same Brazil, man. Where you only got one name. <laughs> I mean, dude, I know, I know three different Dwayne Henrys. Yeah, some people try to confuse you with one of them once. Remember? Um. So yeah, so my my favorite play of the week goes out to Canelo for finally realizing that uh, he he uh, he made a mistake. So he apologized. He publicly apologized and said he lost his school. And uh, don't be picking a fight with Messi, man. Not, yeah. Not well. Um. So, uh, Kyle, we'll go with you next. Mine goes to Anthony Jedi Robinson for a show of class at the end of the U uh, the U.S. game. Um. You know, it's been kind of shown publicly, but, you know, being empathetic in that moment. Um, obviously, huge for us to go through after our recent history. So, you know, taking a moment before celebrating to, you know, embrace and understand. So I think that's a, a huge moment and something we can, you know, talk to our youth players about. Um, so I thought that was a great moment, especially with all the pregame stuff between us and Iran. And, you know, yeah. so, like you said, with the media stuff and how they get involved. So, you know, pretty tough press conference with, <laughs> uh, you know, their media. So for him to know all that was going on and what some of the thoughts are and, you know, to take that. And I just love him as a player. And I think he's got the greatest name of all time. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest self proclaimed I, I feel like I heard a story that he gave himself that nickname. Yeah, he's it's his nick. Yeah, he gave it to himself. Yeah, I, I have a friend from college that was the only other person I've ever known that gave himself his own nickname that stuck. Nice. Um, so I didn't because I don't think you usually give yourself his nickname was Rickles. <laughs> I've tried to give myself a bunch of nicknames, but they don't ever stick. They don't stick. They usually don't. They don't stick. People that just make nickname. up nicknames for me. I guess I don't know. DJ, yeah. DJ stuck, man. DJ sticks. People still call it. Call me that. But did you? But did day. you? But did you come up with that? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Um, all right, Dwayne. Who's your fair play of the week? Um, my fair play of the week goes out to another American, uh, Christian Pulisic. Is it Pulisic or is it Pulisic? Because I've heard both. Uh, we I mean, had the Pulisic. Pulisic. It depends on what part of Pennsylvania you're from. Yeah. <laughs> well, for putting his pelvis on the line and scoring that goal. <laughs> Pelvic contusion? <laughs> yeah. And coming out and saying, after the fact, that it was not his private area. It was no. his pelvis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was, yeah, to uh, clarify. Yeah. Uh, well, before... But, uh, before we leave, hold yeah. on. That thing with Iran, um, it's crazy because in 98, there was so much security around the U.S. players and families um, for the Iran game. So it's just great to see that, you know, with the Jedi thing, yeah, that, you know, there's some unity there. Yeah. Because right. I was reading that, like 150 security plainclothesmen were around the U.S. team before they played them in 98. Yep. Um, so before we leave two things, um, you don't want to miss the 2023 United soccer coaches convention in Philadelphia from January 11th to the 15th. This convention is the largest gathering of soccer coaches, administrators, fans in the world. Only at the convention. Can you attend a session crafted with your coaching level and desired topic in mind presented by world-class educators, our collection of 200 lecture sessions, field demonstrations will offer every coach something to bring back to their own training sessions. Come learn from Amanda Vandenport. She's the president of the USL Super League. Anthony Flores, who's the youth technical director of the Philadelphia Union. Laura Harvey, the head coach of the OL Reign. Or Dan Abrahams, who's a world-renowned sports psychologist and also a uh, former guest of the, of the soccer podcast. 
More presenters will be announced in the coming months. Uh, visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org to register before the price increases. Uh, we will be there at uh, at Podcast Row. There you go. Uh, Sh- shout out to our followers. I had a couple of people reach out to me saying they love the podcast. They've been following the podcast. Nice. Shout out to my followers. Our followers. I was gonna say your followers. Well, you got a you got you got your own fan club now. I got, yeah, I got my own fan club. Yeah, I got my own uh, DE Soccer Podcast Twitter page. <laughs> <laughs> it's just mine. Uh, just yours. Uh, well, just make fun. sure you visit our Instagram at DE Soccer Podcast at DE Soccer Podcast. Um, also, want to send a big congratulations to Anthony and uh, and his wife Jess in uh, absolutely birth of uh, baby Eliana. Um, yeah, we should have had him recorded live. We would have had the youngest podcast guest ever. We probably would have been <laughs> Guinness <laughs> World Records. Youngest podcast. Yeah, guest I'm not. I'm not ever. sure his wife would have been too thrilled with that, um, or that he would have been too thrilled with that. But, but it's a good idea. All right, it's cool. It's cool. We'll find it. We'll find someone else. <laughs> we'll find someone. There's always time. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll have the kid on Friday. On a Friday. I was to say on Friday. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, you didn't know there's like a hotline. You could just, you know, just <laughs> dial a kid. Just get a kid. Yeah, I don't get think that's how it works. Um, well, thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot. <laughs>